Excerpts are the way at Podcast Historius. So I have a question when it comes to, so that's happening in Luzon, right? And let's go back to Cebu, you know, where Magellan actually started out. Let's go back to Cebu as usual. Like I said in the, the beginning with the Odette, right? I said like, it seems like Cebuano seems like the minority still until we really step our foot. Like, shut the fuck up, we're not. <laughs> so, Leon Kilat, let's talk about that. Okay. When did that happen? So, um, okay, pretty much uh, the Tagalog insurrection, the revolution began sometime in 1896. So by then, of course, a word would have reached the other parts of the Philippines, especially the islands in Visayas and Cebu. So, nanay mga... Ikaw, eh, nag-chika-chika sila. Ikaw ba? Nanay mga chika, naabot na din. Nalibak na. Lahala, nanay mga revolution dito sa... Uy, nanay mga... Uy. Nanay mga... Remember, mga mga dalagita ba? Ano yung mga Maria Clara ba? Ano yung so pay-pay-pay-pay ba? So, again, if you guys don't understand, like, the the Maria Clara is like the the symbol. It, it, it's a character in Jose Rizal's No Limitangere and it's 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 like the the, the symbolism of, of women in the Philippines where, you know, like, we just fan ourselves and make chica behind the the, the hand. To segue lang lang ba about Maria Clara, but totally unrelated. But, but there's a, kwaan siya kanang, um, there was kanang na historia ba nga kanang, if you're talking to, you know, to, a, to a typical Filipina woman and her fan is closed, that means she's not interested in you. But if it's open, that means she wants to be freaky in the sheets with you. So, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying what the books are saying. Can we just focus, please? So, there's no proper dissemination of information, but gossip, word of mouth, is faster yes. than the speed yes. of light. So. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. So, when did the Leon Kilat revolution happen? What what year was it? 1898. Uh, to be exact. 1898. So it's within the year when the Philippine independence was, was happening, declared. right? Uh, but yeah. June gi declare ang Independence Day. June 12, obviously. Sa Cavite. Our revolution started in April. That's why we have kanang uh, street dyan at tres de April in Labangon. That was where the battle happened. The, the the kanang the first gunshots were fired but and uh, okay go, going back lang sa so 1896 nagsugod ang revolution sa Manila although kita dire kay we were hearing we were only hearing about it uh, it's not really we're not we were not really participative participative we dili kita participative okay summer baya na nga panahon kainit sa panahon <laughs> na may pirata dire sa Cebu eh, you know ko like you know if it again going back whatever is happening in the world and in science, it's always the temperature. So you want to fuck someone up, put him in a 15 degree Celsius room <laughs> and he will blow up. So imagine that was happening in, if June 12 was like the Independence Day, prior to that was the dry season. <laughs> so, init kayo ni. Oya na pagyud ka sa islas pa Cebu, humid pagyud ka ayo. Sirag pa may pay ang mga tao. Pero ang chika, mauna. So imagine ha init kayo niya nagrevolution revolution na dito. Unya sa kainit kay lab ka nang init tapud kay ulo. And what happened with Leon Kila um, and the rest of the guys? To kwala sa uh, balik ta sa KKK. So KKK is a clandestine, clandestine organization that started it all the revolution. Uh-huh. But they they were very much still isolated in Manila, Silara. But now they started uh, recruiting. Uh, sometime after 1896, they started recruiting outwards. So, oh, ilang HR? Oh, ilang HR nila. <laughs> yeah, magkatawa dyan ka sa ilang recruitment structure kay Muragid sila ka lang. Kids my HR. I think that was, the KKK was the very first ka lang pyramid scheme in the... <laughs> 
Philippines. <laughs> okay, one person will recruit. Uh, one person will recruit two people, and then those two people will recruit another. Inalabas so Burkish triangle. KKK is the first pyramid scheme. <laughs> In a way, but it's not financially, it's Ponzi. It's just, you know, the structure is pyramid <laughs> recruitment. So, I'm not kidding. Maldi lang siya. Sige, anyway. Leon Kilat was not even Cebuano. He was Bacolod. Hiligay noon. He was from Negros. So, if for the people who don't know, let me just give you an example. Like a picture. So, Cebu, again, going back, it's like a hunchback creature. Ang Pilipinas, right? And then Cebu is like the heart of... The Cebu Island itself looks like a spleen. And then its neighboring islands are a little bit rounder at some point. So uh, if you look at it at the map, Bacolod or Negros area. Oh, Negros, yes. Bacolod City. Negros Manadiano, Negros Oriental and Negros Occidental yes. is situated at the left part of Cebu. Yes. And then Bohol is at the right side area of Cebu. Bacolod. So yeah. uh, Leon Quilat is from the left side yeah bacolod pero maabdul-dul na ibabaw siguro ana dapit kay Cavite man nga area so imagine lang ka sa direction of gossip ba right nag pyramid scheme pagi sa KKK so recruitment naku bacolod yeah it was easier to recruit bangod in negros because um Oh my God, I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, Negros and Iloilo were actually the richer cities in comparison to Cebu at the time. So, daghan kayong dato sa Negros because of the sugarcane fields. Mga daghan kayong mga hasindero diya sa Negros and Iloilo. Um, so, it was easier to recruit. Um, they had more connections. The, the elite principales in Luzon had more connections in Negros than in Cebu because there were more rich people in Negros. So they were able to recruit. Yeah, Daghan Man Og, um, like, I mean, uh, well, the, the people that we know yes. are from the Hashenderos, the sugarcane, right? So Daghan Hashenda diha sa Negros. So do you get what I mean? Do you get what I understand? Okay, so, yeah, like, again, the Mestizo class is such a big thing in Negros and Leon Quilat is part of that. So you're telling me Leon Quilat is not necessarily Necessarily like a, a pure Filipino, she's also no. mestizo at some point, yep. and also wealthy. His, uh, re- his real name is Pantaleon Villegas, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he was also he also belonged to the ruling class. The ruling class. Okay, so yes. continue. And the instructions were once once he was inducted into KKK, the instructions were to start recruitment in Cebu. So he went to Cebu, niare niya and he, um, he started his. Well, recruitment and um at this point diba, we've already established that um there was all, people already knew what was happening in in Manila so Murag, it was only a matter of time before th- there was bound to be uh, sympathetic ears ba, to listen to Leon Kilat and even he was recruitment so that was a very easy thing mm-hmm. but the thing is and uh, the ruling class was not always united in a sense ba, they were 100% for the revolution because some of them were just greedy bastards who were like, we don't want anything to do with this because we don't want... want no, ikaw ba? We don't want to be poor. Ikaw yes, ba? they don't want to be poor and they don't want to jeopardize kind of relations with Spain because yeah. these are, you know, very favorable for their families. And then if you think about it, like there's a Chinese community here in Cebu so nag-mix na with the mestizos. Yeah. Kana, so the business, it's all business. It's like business. 
if I'm going to be part of this revolution, will it be bad for, for business at some point? So you also have to understand that kind of decisions divided as well. Like they can support you, but at some point not really like 100%. Um, or maybe I can support you, but don't include me in the investor's name. There were people, there were uh, people who were like 100% all in, get like, support not only financially but just you know everything you buy they were also yeah, the passionate their ones. sons were also part of the the revolution so mm-hmm. there were people in Cebu like that and one of them was Luis Flores the first governor of, of Cebu and okay yeah he was really uh, um, an adamant supporter of the KKK and and Leon Kilat was a staunch uh, advocate and ally uh, but there were a lot of the Cebuanos here were really against the idea of a revolution because remember going back to what uh, we discussed earlier Cebu was very, very poor for 200 years. It was only in the 1800s when we first started to participate in the galleon trade. Nagbagorta nagsugod, you know, stand on our own two feet ba? At that early, early ba, in, the, in its infancy stage, yeah, you want to mess it up with the revolution. That's why nobody, most of the ruling class were like, no, we're, we, we have a good thing going here. Why, why, why do we want if you if, if nothing is broken, why fix it? Yeah, that was the general sentiment among the um, ruling class. It was 70-30 at most, 70% against 30% for. But um, I think still, despite the odds, Leon Kilat did a very good job with the recruitment. Uh, he was able to Wow. Get, yeah. <laughs> How are you? His managers? Kudos. Kudos to Leon Kilat. <laughs> Even though 30% is such a small number. No, so some was a good job. Like, Leon Kilat did a good job. Come such on, such a rock star. <laughs> stop being condescending. Take a look at corporate lingo. Just... Talk like no, just talk like a historian. I know that you're an operations bitch now, but talk like a historian. Be objective and get focused, and 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 put that corporate shit aside, huh? So anyway, so Leon Kilat was doing the pyramid scheme, and yet like divided ang Cebu as a whole, or whatever is representing Cebu at the time. Only thirty percent wanted to be part of. Um, the revolution, but this 30% was around how many armies again? I, I think I wrote about that in show notes. He did a good job with recruitment. And because even though 30% is such a small number, he was able to recruit the very, very influential people. Like Luis Flores was one of the, the, uh, the, the biggest names, but that's also, that was also the problem because. Uh, if you attract big names, the bigger the name, the bigger the risk of getting ah, okay. found out. And the Spanish authorities found out. Oh, the Spanish authorities definitely found out. And Matonga um, botched actually a revolution. I think they were supposed to um, start the revolution. You failed to mention. Yeah, that's also what we got from being sip-sip. Oh, yes. That's why it got <laughs> out. Because naajay mga sip-sip, diba? Like Exhibit A, Quartz Cortez. So sip-sip, uh, na. Of course. Operations. So, mo sip-sip, mo chika, gina. Mag-pretend na, oh, bay, migo tanimo niya, ni chika na ito speakers. So, that's why, like, it found out. Like, it's just, it's just practically human behavior, I guess, and human nature. Because they had planned to start the revolution in Cebu in I think that was a good Friday. So, a holy week na siya nga time, ha? Na, 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 na plano sila nga start na sa war ba? Or the revolution, the rebellion. And they wanted to do it on a good Friday. And 
the Spanish authorities found out, so they were like scrambling. We can't do it on a Good Friday because they will be prepared for us. They will be ready for us and we will all die. So they did it on April 3, which was, I think, a Wednesday or a Thursday. So basta, It's a Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. Ang April 3? Yeah, April 3 is Palm Sunday. Ah, uh, yeah. So, it's, which was a week earlier. So what court is trying to say is like they have a schedule. Wow. Oh, nasa schedule. Pyramid eh. schemers. Nasa schedule. So April 10, which was Easter Sunday. But then the Spanish people knew about it. So they decided to do it one week earlier, which is Palm Sunday. What a surprise, bitch. So they did it. And then talking about your uh, your estimated 30% support from the Cebu, uh, Cebu population to take part and participate on this bloody revolution, 6,000 revolutionists fought on April 3rd. And one, and now known as the Battle of Tres de Abril. Tres de Abril, yes. There's, uh, it was, but it was fought in the outskirts of Cebu City. Liman kana outskirts in Aranas Labang sa kwan outskirts na. Wait, hang on, hang on, wait, 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 Labangon, Labangon. Mona da pitstalisa, you know. Layo na kay natalisa yung buagi pag pardo. I'm sorry. Where's Labangon? Is it Banawa area? Banawa area, yes. But if you're looking at just, you know, if you're, you just find the map of Cebu so you can find where Labangon is. But that is in the south. South national area going to Talisa. So they didn't really fought like the Magellan guys in Lapu-Lapu. They didn't really fought at the beaches and whatever. Kay Kuanabeta. Nanabeta trains at tong panahon. We have trains na beha. So dito sila somewhere, I don't know, sa Bukid-Bukid or like someone sa Shenda. And the plan worked na to move the schedule ahead kay the Spaniards were really caught off guard. Surprise, bitches. Like, sur- I don't know, surprise, bitches. Yeah. Vogue Gen Z's here with, uh, remember, like, kadang, dili pa ba dato ang Cebuato, right? Because you just said we just got the galleon trade, which is one ship only. We just started. Um, yeah. They were armed with bolos. And napod sila rifles as provided by, you know, the, the elite class. Yeah, pero if you think about it, if you think about it, pyramid scheme uh-huh. ba ani? So, dili pa sila ready kaayo. So, for sure, wala gid siguro itarong rifles. Balik with the tribal ways, which is, you know, bolo, <laughs> bolo the scythe, uh, ano, nagpintla na yung bolo. Like, that, that was, that's why it was uh, even made more, it was more momentous, ba, if you think about it, ang victory. Uh, so that was a good thing. They won that day. And then, Unya, Holy Week, pagyod courts, oh. during the Holy Week, maubi ng time, nga init kaayo ang Pilipinas, ano, ang, ang Cebu. Uh, so imagine niya, anupog, Anupog ba yung Pilipinas? I mean, ang Cebu. strategic na siya kay kanang people were preparing kay Kabao na beka, mga Pinoy at aning a time, very yeah. hardcore religious. So very, everybody body was will be busy preparing for the religious festivities. Which means nga, ang mga guards atong a time was gamayra. Kay, anong usamay gubutan nga, kuan man siya, nga, nga, nga semana santa man. For the ones who don't know, the Philippines is the majority Catholic, right? Roman Catholic. So during this observation, during the Holy Week, so Palm Sunday practically starts off the Holy Week, right? So during Palm Sunday, well, currently in modern day, uh, people go to churches to do service and then they, they, they celebrate the palms. So they have these like palm crosses and whatever. So imagine that was happening in 1898 on April, on a summer with the Anupog and Chinilas. Humid and hot. Nakainom na ba ng mga tubig? Um, plus, ka na nag-pyramid scheme pag yun. So, like the passion, murabag ka ng... Oh, kwang yun ba? Revolution na yung mga passion. makibaka. Kada, grabe ka feelings yun. Oh, yeah. You know, Cebuanos, man. You know, Bisaya. We talk this way because we also act this way. If you're gonna piss us off, 
be it off with their head. So that's practically what happened. And we won the Tres de Abril. And um, just so happens, you know, when that happened, which was April, two months later, we had Independence Day yes. on June 12th with Aguinaldo and Cavite. Listen to the full Independence Day special on Podcast Historias.